This is the Cigar Dave Podcast with the General. A very happy, healthy, prosperous 2022 to all of you, wherever you may be joining us. It is your global five-star general and alpha male in chief front and center from Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. As always, I extend to you my long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Save America. And screw the insurrection nonsense that we've been hearing nonstop for the last week. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Trenta, commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence. The Gurkha Trenta is everything you'd expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. Visit GurkhaCigars.com and by Davidoff of Geneva. Introducing the new Avo Caribe. Experience the journey of flavor created by a synchronized blend from the Caribbean, accentuated with a touch of cigar tobaccos from Central America. Head to the land where palm trees sway to the breeze of the sea with the new Avo Caribe. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. During the holiday break, we had our normal uh, several weeks between and it was kind of weird this year because normally you have Christmas that will fall during the week and same thing with New Year's so you get like a 10-day span between businesses that are closed and and people taking vacation but this year was kind of weird because Christmas uh, Eve was on a Friday night and then New Year's Eve was on a Friday so now, some people took the Friday off, the Thursday off, the following Monday. It was a little bit weird, but our normal hiatus, which is a couple of weeks, ended up being, I don't know, maybe just over a week, 10 days, something along those lines. So I had the opportunity to venture out a little bit. Of course, I did not leave the freedom state of Florida. I mean, why would I? Why would I head to the restrictive state, the crumbling empire state of New York? Why would I go to the People's Republic of California when here in the Freedom State we have fantastic weather, it is a year-round paradise, it is a cigar-friendly state, probably the most cigar-friendly state without any question in the country. So why would I go anywhere else? And especially when we had fabulous weather the last couple of weeks, and we have fabulous weather. Well, I look at the the snowstorm up in Washington, D.C. and Virginia, all the cars and trucks that were stuck for 24 hours on I-95. All we have here is I look out here of Command Center Alpha. I'm seeing some palm trees sway, and the last report was they were expecting 12 inches of sand on the beaches of Florida. So why would I leave? So I decided that I would venture out, head to some various cigar retailers along, uh, you know, not too far from the cigar city of Tampa. And one of the cigar retailers I went to, I went, I went to visit a longtime friend, George Sosa, Master Chief George Sosa, who is the proprietor of Cigars, Cigars, two locations down in Sarasota. We had lunch, as well as with voice talent Ed, and of course I, I brought along my protective canine detail, that would be Pendragon's Royal Baron. Of course, we always look for a not only cigar-friendly, 
but a canine-friendly restaurant where we can sit outside uh, in the in the patio and enjoy ourselves. And we certainly did. And then I spent, uh, initially I was going to spend about an hour and a half at Cigars Cigars on University uh, Parkway or University Boulevard in Sarasota. Well, the next thing I know, I spent about six hours there enjoying fine cigars, great conversation, several espressos. And this is what it's really all about. And I know that it's sometimes you say, okay, well, you know, we're cigar connoisseurs. We know that we as cigar connoisseurs, as alpha males, we know that when we get together, we are optimistic. We are happy. Of course, we discuss politics. We discuss current events. We solve the problems of the world. And that's exactly what we did. Again, I was going to stay there for an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Stayed for six hours. But it didn't feel like six hours. And you meet a great variety of people. There was a Florida uh, patrol officer, a Florida highway patrol uh, uh, officer, who was uh, on his day off enjoying a cigar. There were people that were retired. There were business people. There were attorneys. There was a, a, just a broad range, but everybody gets along. Everybody has the, their cigar. Everybody is engaged in conversation. There was no texting. There was no electronic media. It was face-to-face conversation. And I would tell you that one of the major problems that we see today, not only in American society, but I guarantee you around the world, is the fact people do not know how to communicate verbally. They no longer can communicate with you. They can't look at you and ask you a question. They can no longer look at you to discuss a problem of the world or engage in debate. Everybody has to hide behind their keyboard. Now, look, I text, I email all the time. No ifs, ands, or buts. But I engage, I prefer to engage in one-to-one conversation. And I can't tell you the number of females, hot dames, that are friends of mine that say it drives them crazy when a potential date or somebody they're dating doesn't pick up the phone. Everything is by a text. I'm sorry, if you want to ask a dame out, like when I want to ask another hot dame to join the bodacious harem, I don't do it by text. You have to do it either in person or you have to do it telephonically. And I think there's something very important, being able to hear somebody's voice, hear their voice inflection, hear what they sound like. You can gain a tremendous amount by listening to somebody. You can gauge their intelligence level. How many times have you texted somebody whereby you text something, then it gets taken the wrong way, even though you were very explicit? Why? Because in many cases, it's how you use voice inflection to state something. But we engaged in great conversation. We talked politics. We talked sports. Of course, we talked dames. We talked cigars. We talked spirits. Six hours. Now, many would say, hey, listen, General, we meet every single week, and you're talking about politics, you're talking about the cigar industry, you're talking about spirits, you're talking about dames, you're talking about alpha male pleasure maneuvers and topics. Yes. But when you do so in a two-way conversation, 
it is a huge difference. And I can tell you that it's very interesting talking to many of these cigar manufacturers during the break, as well as many cigar retailers. They told me that 2021 was a huge year for business. And they think 2022 is going to be just as huge. They don't see the massive growth that they saw in 20, the latter half of 2020 and then all of 2021 because more people now have gone back to work. They've gone back to the office, although with the Omicron variant, which is really nature's vaccine, it's a live attenuated virus, it's exactly what we wanted to have happen. That after two years of this pandemic of the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, the virus has mutated into a more contagious form of virus, but a far less virulent form of virus. And I'll tell you a story about a friend of mine who caught the Omicron or Omicron variant. But the optimism for 2022 in the cigar industry is very strong. Of course, they always have to be on guard for the enemies of pleasure, potential smoking restrictions, potential taxation, potential registration of all brands with the FDA. There's still a lot of murkiness. And even though the head of the tobacco control division of the FDA is departing, there's going to be another enemy of pleasure that will take his place. So it never ends. Now, some interesting notes that I did pick up, some observations, that in many cases there are still back orders of many key cigars. They're back-ordered because the demand exploded. They're back-ordered for packaging, for bands. Talked to a number of cigar manufacturers saying that they're waiting for bands and they're waiting for packaging. In some cases, they're waiting for tubes, whether they're glass tubes or they're they're metal tubes to stick uh, a cigar in. Some of the sizes come in tubes. So we're still going to see much change in terms of availability. So my suggestion is, if you don't see your favorite cigar, you find an alternative. And that's what most cigar connoisseurs have done. They've walked in, they see a box is empty, they find something else. They still will go back eventually to the cigar they enjoy, but a cigar connoisseur, you and I both know, if we want a cigar, and for example, let's just say hypothetically, we're looking for uh, a Gurkha Royal Challenge. Nice, creamy, mild to medium-bodied cigar. Let's say it's not available. You'll say, okay, that's not available. Well, maybe I'll find something else that's mild to medium. And that's exactly what connoisseurs have been doing. So optimism in the world of cigars from manufacturers, from retailers, the supply chain should, they believe, get better. In terms of cigar tobaccos, everybody has ample supply of tobacco. However, costs have gone up on certain types of cigar tobacco. And many manufacturers have announced that they are raising prices. Oliva Cigar announced they're raising prices. Arturo Fuentes raising prices. There's a whole list of manufacturers that are raising. Some are not. Some are only raising prices on certain cigars. But overall, the average increase is 5%. And that comes on top of increases last year and even the year before. And it really has become almost a yearly type of increase now, where every January 1, cigar manufacturers are announcing some sort of increase, 3%, 5%, whatever the case is, they are now building that price 
in. But overall, very optimistic. It was great to engage in one-on-one -on -one conversation where actually fellow cigar connoisseurs are happy. I mean, think of you, you got to think of those states, those blue states with enemy of freedom governors that are closing down businesses and making you show a vaccine passport and making you show your test, and making sure that you can't go in and, and sit down inside a business. you got to feel terrible for those citizens that live in those states, and for the business owners. If, we, if you live in Florida, you're lucky. If you live in Tennessee, you're lucky. Texas, uh, some of the uh, Georgia, South Carolina, some of the other red states where you don't have governors that act as Fuhrers that want to lock down and destroy everything. I mean, look at New York now. Here's what's amazing to me. In Florida, no masks, no vaccine passports. You can dine inside. You can go into a restaurant. You don't have to show anything. We've been doing it for well over a year and a half. When Governor DeSantis said, we're opening up, yes, we'll have physical spacing within restaurants, 50% of capacity, and then before you knew it, within three months, Four months, they went back to 100% capacity where it has been. People are living their lives. As compared to states where you are locked down, where you can't enjoy yourself, where, where all these mandates are in effect, and yet when we look at the numbers, just at the overall Wuhan virus rates, new cases, and I'm not breaking it down between Delta and, and uh, Omicron, although I think Omicron is probably, if I had to guess, 70% now. In fact, in Florida, it's interesting because many communities are now monitoring their water supply. For example, in Orlando, Orange County, Florida, they have been monitoring the water supply over the last three weeks since around December, I think, 10th or 12th, 15th, somewhere in that area. Virtually... I think they said 90% of the virus they're detecting in the water is the Omicron virant, far less virulent. But yet, in New York, with all these mask restrictions, got to wear masks, inside, outside, everywhere, can't eat inside, can't dine in, got to eat outside, got to show a Vax passport, their rates are sky high. They are jumping through the roof. Yet in Florida, they're increasing but not anywhere near the size of New York. And by the way, I will guarantee you that much of the spread of the Omicron variant in Florida, the Wuhan virus, is because of all the New Yorkers that have come down to Florida to vacation, including Sandy Cortez, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who railed about Governor DeSantis. He's terrible. He's not taking the virus seriously. They need to lock down. They're spreading these cases. While New York is in lockdowns, while her home district right now is seeing huge increases, huge spikes in the Wuhan virus spreading, while mask mandates are in effect, you have to show a Vax passport if you want to dine in. Where did she go for vacation? She came down to the Freedom State of Florida. She was shown, pictured, unmasked, dining with her squeeze outside a Miami Beach sushi restaurant. And then she was photographed and video. Somebody on Twitter put up a video of her at a some sort of 
gathering of about 50 people. They were all next to each other, no distancing, no masks. So you have to love the hypocrisy of all these phony politicians. And then we see Eric Swalwell. Now, he wasn't with his Chinese spy mistress. Looks as though he was with his wife and a new baby. They were staying at the Lowe's on South Beach. Very nice hotel, four-star hotel. Been there many times. In fact, several cigar events took place at the Lowe's on South Beach. Very popular hotel. He was photographed a couple of days ago in the lobby, unmasked. His baby was unmasked, and so was his wife. Now I ask you, these are the same ones that are saying that Republicans and Republican governors are killing Americans. They're not taking the virus and pandemic seriously. It is all about uh, do as I say, not as I do. And I have been repeating this mantra for 20-some-odd years on this show. When it comes to the Democrats, the liberals, the socialists, the communists, the enemies of pleasure, it is always about do as I say, not as I do. I don't care if it's they're, they're preaching about climate change, where Al Gore would say, we need to cut down on using carbon fuel, yet... His mansion in Tennessee, 16,000 square feet, burns more fuel, uses more energy, consumes more energy than probably 40 homes, average size homes in Tennessee. But again, because he gets up on his soapbox and says, we need to do this, it's okay for him, but it's not okay for you. And what we found is pretty much every single line whether it's climate change, anything about this pandemic that the Dems, the Libs, the socialists spew, you can take as 100% bullshit. 100% bullshit, guaranteed. If AOC was so concerned about the pandemic, number one, she wouldn't have come to a freedom state like Florida. Number two, she would have been masking everywhere she went. Not one picture of her wearing a mask. Same thing with Swalwell. All these clowns love, and, and what they really do is it just shows you how stupid Democrats are. And by the way, if you're a Democrat, I'm sorry. You're stupid. That's just how it is. And the good news is the major. I'm telling you, probably 99%. All right, let's say 95% of our listeners on the Cigar Dave Show and our brother podcast, Bold Alpha, they believe in freedom. I don't say they're Republicans. They're more along the lines of libertarian, America first, MAGA Republicans, if you will. Because let's face it, a lot of the nonsense the Republicans are playing right now, they're pansy-ass. These rhinos, they're pathetic. And I'll get to that in just a little bit. But overall, Democrats are easily swayed. It is unbelievable to me the number of smart people I know, educated, intelligent individuals that are Democrats that have fallen at the feet of all these Dems that have said we need to mask up and you can't go out and don't leave your house. They live in fear. It is incredible to me. These are smart people. Yet those Democrats that are spewing this nonsense are not abiding by their own rules. They're not abiding by what they're spewing. They're living large. They're traveling without masks. They're going to states where you have freedom, yet they still take shots at the red states. It's incredible. It never fails. 
So overall, for those of you that have been able to spend a few weeks, if you got away from whether it's the Northeast, the Midwest, and come to a state that embraces freedom where you can enjoy your cigars, where you can enjoy your libations, where you don't have to mask up, you don't have to show a Vax passport, you don't have a, a, a Nazi-type control, hope you enjoyed your holiday. To those of you that are stuck, unfortunately, in those states, my tremendous condolences. I feel badly for you. And it's amazing to me the number of people who live in New York or Illinois or these other blue states where there's just tremendous tyranny going on and has been going on. They come to Florida, and you can see them because they're wearing their masks everywhere. They're afraid to move around. It's almost It takes them like a day or two to acclimate to the fact that we have freedom here in Florida. Same in Texas. Same in other states. It takes them a while to get acclimated. I was talking to, during one of my stops, I, I went into a, uh, a cigar retailer, and one of the, the uh, people that came in, a husband and wife, and they were from New York, New York State, the New York City area. And it was their first day in, and of course they walk into a cigar shop with a each had a mask on. And they looked at the the uh, the cashier or the 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 manager and you know said oh are, are we allowed to take our our masks off and he said yes this is Florida he goes how are you going to smoke your cigar between your masks and and when I queried them they said we're not used to this I mean we're used to having to show a pat vaccine passport to get into a restaurant wearing a mask socially distancing and great you want to still social distance great sure I still do that fine I don't want to get in somebody's grill. Do I wear a mask when I'm out and about? No. And by the way, here's one little tidbit for you that has been shown to be very effective against the Omicron variant. Because the Omicron variant is very uh, easily spreads. So it is not virulent, but it is very contagious. And as I was telling you, I've got a friend. She had a dinner party. I told this on Bold Alpha a couple of days ago. Had a dinner party the weekend before Christmas. Had 12 friends over. Got a call the next day from one of her friends saying, hey, I tested, or maybe it was two days later, I tested positive uh, for the virus, Omicron. I suggest you tell everybody to get tested. Within two days, nine of the 12 tested positive. And the hostess of the party, a friend of mine, said that about four days after the dinner party, sure enough, she got the symptoms. She had a stuffy nose, was achy, had no sore throat, had no cough, Nothing else, no fever, and she just took Advil and used nasal spray, and she said it was a one-day period. She said she got it when she woke up, but by the next morning when she woke up, it was gone. Now she has immunity against any other type of variant. Now, if you got the Alpha or the Delta variant, you don't have immunity against Omicron because the Omicron variant has changed its spike proteins so that it doesn't, it's not really an inflammatory a disease, whereas the alpha and the delta were got into the lungs and became an inflammatory and clotting disease. This is very different. This is more like an upper respiratory infection. That's why the vaccines are ineffective against Omicron. Forget the bullshit that phony Fauci is spewing, saying, well, if you're vaccinated with a booster, this helps that if you do get Omicron, it's much milder. He's blatantly lying. He knows he's lying. He's full of bullshit. Because the spike proteins in the Omicron variant are 
thousand percent different than the alpha and the delta. Totally different and contain different uh, proteins and and uh, different compounds in the spike compared to the alpha and delta. And remember, the vaccines were created for the alpha originally, but they were still effective on the delta. But the vaccines lose their effectiveness after, I think, four months. Now, for those of you that got boosted and still got Omicron, now you know why. You will hear fewer Fauci, you'll hear dictator Biden, you'll hear all the Dems say, well, it is, it, you, you contracted a much milder case because you took the booster. That is bullshit. It is wrong. It's blatant lies. The Omicron var- uh, variant is nature's vaccine. It is essentially a live attenuated vaccine, similar to many vaccines that we take. It's a live attenuated vaccine, meaning, yes, it's a live vaccine, but it's so muted that it just gets into your body to give you enough of the antibodies. And then, boom, it's gone. So this nonsense where brainless Biden said, this is a, an epidemic, a pandemic of the unvaccinated, baloney. With the Omicron variant, vaccinated people left and right are catching it. But we're not seeing the increase in hospitalizations. That's the difference. And physicians have said, if it does go to your lungs, or you do find, for example, you start to get the sore throat and you start to get a cough, that's probably the Delta variant and you need to immediately take action. We've talked about it on this show and on Bold Alpha. Don't wait until your lips are blue to go to the emergency room. You want to find a physician that will prescribe hydroxychloroquine, that will prescribe ivermectin, you'll take zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D3, and either azithromycin or doxycycline. And if you don't find a physician that will give it to you that says, no, you just wait until you're sick, then you go to the hospital, find another physician. Because what the overwhelming majority of physicians and hospitals in this country have done, essentially they become killing machines. Doctors that are not prescribing early treatment, hospitals that are not prescribing early treatment, they're killing machines. Fact. Listen to my bold alpha from Wednesday. From this past Wednesday, do a search wherever you listen to a podcast, Bold Alpha, two words, and you can listen to Wednesday's edition where I go into it at length. But overall, great couple of weeks, nice downtime. I cleaned up Command Center Alpha, cleaned up my office so that I could go into 2022 nice and clean, fresh. Sometimes you got to do that. Now I just got to get to uh, my garage and a couple of other areas in the Pleasure Palace, which I will do. All right, when we return... We will conduct the first international cigar litation and libation ceremony of 2022. Gurkha is known for creating the world's finest cigars. And to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Gurkha brand being launched in the United States, the blenders at Gurkha created the Gurkha Trenta. Celebrating and commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence, the Gurkha Trenta, everything you would expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. A nice medium, medium full-bodied cigar featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. A Nicaraguan Corojo 99 binder and the filler, Nicaraguan Corojo 99, Nicaraguan Criollo 98, created by the great 
blenders and growers at Aganorsa Farms in Nicaragua. And what you get is a signature cigar that has unique flavors, perfect spice, perfect amount of complexity on the palate, a cigar worthy of Gurkha's 30 years being available in the United States. Try the Gurkha Trenta today. You will enjoy the experience and the overall characteristic that goes into blending this magnificent cigar, a beautiful Nicaraguan puro worthy of being called Gurkha Trenta. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, the December Officers Club featured a PDR Cigars Boutique Sampler. Now, to end the year, we presented three fantastic cigars from PDR Cigars, one of the well-known boutique manufacturers down in the Dominican Republic. Now, in April of 2021, we featured for the very first time in the history of the Officers Club three great cigars from PDR. The response was so overwhelming that we decided to present three additional gems from their ever-expanding portfolio. The A. Flores 1975 Siri Pravada Maduro, one of their top-selling cigars. Their PDR 1878 Recordando a Santiago Capa Madura, another Maduro using a San Andrean Maron or Maduro wrapper. And then the El Criollito, a Dominican cigar that smokes like a pre-embargo Cuban total winning cigar. When Abe Flores and I got together back, I think it was in October, here in the cigar city of Tampa, he brought out just pretty much five of every cigar. And I spent umpteen hours with him and we sampled all the cigars. And when I got to the El Criollito, I said, Abe, this is a fabulous cigar. This reminds me of a pre-embargo Cuban cigar. And he said, that's exactly what I wanted to create. Even when you look at the band, it's got similarities to a Cuban uh, band. And initially, he created that cigar for the European market. But it was so successful, and so many people wanted it, he decided to release it in the United States as well. It uh, features an Ecuadorian Criollo 98 wrapper, a beautiful Colorado brown wrapper, a Mexican San Andreas binder, filler from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua using Criollo 98. Comes in about eight different sizes. And I have just pulled out the, this is kind of a very interesting size. This is the half Corona, three and a half inches in length with a 50 ring gauge. This is a perfect cigar. If you want to break away from the middle of the day, get out of your office for a half an hour, 20 minutes, walk the dog cigar. Maybe you just want an after dinner cigar, but you don't want a, a you know, hour, hour and a half cigar that's going to take that long to smoke. You want a cigar that's going to be give you great flavor, that's going to smoke beautifully. My suggestion, any of the El Criollitos, but I'll tell you, this half Corona is fantastic. Three and a half inches in length with a 50 ring gauge. I think I may have said half Gordo. It's half Corona, three and a half by 50. So you get that nice complex ring gauge, three and a half inches. It's a stubby looking cigar, but very, very nice. And this particular cigar is on the medium bodied side. Again, it was initially released in 2016, just for Europe. And then in 2017, a year later, released on a very limited basis in the United States. And then in 2021, last year, the 
Cigar bands were updated, the boxes were updated, and the blend is now a, a features that Dominican Criollo 98. Now, the suggested retail, anywhere between for the four and a quarter by 30, which is their smallest, is two and a half bucks all the way to their seven by 70, which is the 70, just over nine bucks, nine and a quarter. So very, very nice, beautiful looking cigar. The El Criollito, and that's spelled E-L, and then C-R-I-O-L-L-I-T-O. In Spanish, double L's, Y. El Criollito, just like chicken. It's not polo, it's pollo. So El Criollito from PDR Cigars, one of the great, three great cigars featured in our December Officers Club selection of the PDR Cigars Boutique Sampler. Can't go wrong. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Now, we call this the welder's torch. This comes from the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories. This thing looks like a welder's torch. Giant flame. I mean, shoots out about six inches. I can even vary it more than that, but I keep it low. Otherwise, you can end up burning everything around you. Beautiful, big tank, just feels nice in the hand. Solid lightation device, that's what I will use today on my El Criollito. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Here comes the cut. Perfect. Let me now toast the foot of this beautiful El Criollito. Again, very unique. Three and a half inches in length with a 50 ring gauge. It's really kind of like a short Toro is what I would call it. All right, taking my... Listen to that flame. Man, just listen to that flame just shooting out. And again, I keep the flame away from the cigar. I want heat to cause ignition and combustion. All right, I've now toasted the foot of the cigar. Now we'll puff and rotate. Great draw. Oh, yeah. A few more puffs. Hmm. Wow. Very Cubanesque. Just has that nutty taste. A little bit of creaminess. Medium bodied. That's the only way I can really describe it. It's very Cubanesque. If you've ever had real Cuban cigars, I'm talking like a pre-embargo when... when Cuban cigars were the bomb. Not necessarily today. Although today, if you do get a good Cuban cigar that's constructed properly and aged, and that's the problem. A lot of them are not properly aged. You almost have to age them yourself. They do have a very unique taste. Take a few more puffs here. Mm. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Well, I need something to accompany this nice medium-bodied Cubanesque El Criollito. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I am not a big peated whiskey guy. Not my thing, but every so often, I really enjoy, especially in the winter months, when it's a little cooler, although we're talking like 70s, 80s, in the freedom state of Florida and the cigar city of Tampa today. But every so often, I have the urge for a peated whiskey. And so I went into my vast libation collection. 
and I found a special, one of my favorite Scotch whiskeys, single malt Scotch whiskeys, are the Balvini. Very unique in that they will do secondary fermentation, where they'll put the whiskey after an initial fermentation in a barrel, they'll put it in a secondary barrel. That's their claim to fame. But back in, oh, I want to say maybe it was 2010, they created a peated Balvini, a 17-year-aged peated cask with notes of smoke, some sweet spice. They introduced to a heavily peated cask for a final period of maturation and then married the Balvini finished in New American Oak. So they took the New American Oak the Balvini that was aged in the New American Oak, then they put it in heavily peated casks. And the result is, it's not overly peaty, but you get enough peat. I don't like an overly peated whiskey, I can tell you. I've had many whiskeys that are overly peated. Not my thing, not my jam. But this is very nice. This is no longer available. It was a limited release in 2010. Now, if you can even get this on the secondary market, you're talking about probably in the four or $500 area. When it first came out, it was about 110 bucks, I think. Maybe a little bit less. This is 86 proof, 43% alcohol by volume. And let me pour some in my snifter here. Open that up. Now as I swirl it around, it's got a beautiful, reddish amber almost a rosado color to it mm. wow definite notes of some sweetness some maple not much peatiness on the nose let's say cheers and here we go mm. yep i'm getting just a this is the perfect amount of peatiness amount of peat for me it's noticeable it's not overpowering Nice warmth on the back of the palate. Some sweetness. Almost a little bit of a cinnamon note. Take another sip. Mm. Delightful. This is beautiful. I have about three quarters of the bottle remaining. So I don't break it out very often because when it's gone, it's gone. But I age this, just keep this in a very special place. Take another sip here. Mm. Delightful. Now, if you want a Balvini, say you want something that's going to be maybe similar, they have one, a 14-year age called the Balvini, the Week of Peat. If you can find it. Comes out in kind of limited type of, uh, just limited range, so it's not always available. But if you can get it, this will probably be the closest thing the week of Pete, the 14 to the peated cast 17, but very pleasant, very delightful, maintains much of the original Balvini character with some subtle peatiness, with some beautiful spice and some maple notes on the palate. Very nice. Before we take a short time out, mm. taking our puff here mm. of my El Crerito. Little uh, update for you on the Cigar Dave Officers Club. The January 2022 selection has been canceled. And the reason is supply chain issues. This is now the third, I think probably the third time we've had issues where the manufacturer did not have either the 
the band or other necessary requirements for the cigar. So instead of shipping it out sometime in late February, we simply said we're not going to have a January selection. And this is the first time, I think we've had maybe in our 17, 18 year history, maybe one, maybe three times over 17, 18 years where we had to cancel a selection. We've now had to do it three times in a year. We are unfortunately at the mercy of the supply chain issues and shipping and manufacturing. In fact, it's very interesting. I went to pick up because I made some uh, homemade chicken soup and I wanted to thicken it a little. I went to the supermarket to pick up some cornstarch. Usually never a problem. There's three brands on the shelf. It's what, a buck 89, something like that. I went to the first store, no cornstarch. Went to the second, sold out. I went to three, sold out. I finally went to a fourth and they had like two little packages left and I picked one up. And when I went to the uh, store, I said, what's with the deal? They go, for some reason, there's an issue, you know, getting a supply chain issue. Don't know what it is, but we've been told we may not get it for a while. And he said, if I were you, I'd buy both of them, which is what I did. I don't use it that often, but I figured if I do need it down the road, may as well have it. It's not going to go bad. So unfortunately, we will have no January 2022 Officers Club selection. Fear not, your credit card, if you are a member, has not been charged. We will resume in February. At least we're hoping. We're keeping our fingers crossed. Uh, unfortunately, we are at the uh, perils of what is going on now throughout the world with these uh, crazy supply chain issues. I was just reading that in the port of Long Beach, L.A. and Long Beach are the two largest ports in the country. There's still like, I think, 90 or 100 ships that are waiting to come in. And now what they've said is that they've got now thousands of these shipping containers that aren't being shipped back to the, uh, to the Orient. They're not going back to China. They're not going back to Japan. They're not going back to Vietnam. They're not going back to countries in Asia. So they're just stockpiling all over the place. Huge issue everywhere. So we will keep you abreast of the February. If you would like to join, you can still check it out, cigardave.com. Uh, Click on Officers Club. We are going to keep the price for February $22.95 per month because, again, we had this issue with January, but it is going up in March to $24.95 per month for everybody. Nobody gets grandfathered in. We have not had a price increase in, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years. And as everybody knows, inflation, which the Fed, by the way, just admitted the, the, their meeting notes from their, their minutes from the last meeting in, I think, December were released earlier this week on Wednesday, and they finally admitted, yep, major inflation, we need to tackle that. We need to address that. You think? Now, inflation's been rampant the entire year, but these clowns, these economists, these brilliant bastards, just figure that out. It shows you that you can have all the damn degrees in you that you want. You can be highly educated. You can still be a dumb son of a bitch. And basically, Jerome Powell's a dumb son of a bitch, as are all the other governors. I think there was maybe two or three that sounded the alarm bells last year. But all the other ones, dumb SOBs. It really is incredible. All right, so now you know about the Officers Club. You are up to date. I've got my cigar properly lit, my libation. I will enjoy those. We will continue. Avo Cigars has just launched the newest addition to the Avo Synchro series entitled the Avo Synchro Caribe. Fourth line in the Avo Synchro series, it is centered around the concept of tobacco synchronization. They incorporate the diversity, complexity, and compatibility 
of cigar tobaccos from the Caribbean and Central America to create a natural harmony, a Caribbean soul, a very dynamic cigar. It uses natural distribution. What does that mean? The proportions of the cigar tobaccos on any given plant perfectly matched in the blending process. So what you get is a Dominican wrapper. You get filler tobaccos from Nicaragua, a binder from Ecuador that are matched absolutely perfectly. The taste, a lively, dynamic, harmonious flavor profile of Caribbean flavors, aromatic spices, some complex cocoa, a beautiful medium-bodied cigar with subtle sweetness resembling tropical fruits. The flavors, rhythm, and lifestyle of the tropics are encapsulated in the new Avo Synchro Caribe, available now at your cigar retailer or DavidoffGeneva.com. All right, the last few days, all we've heard is January 6th, the insurrection, the attack on democracy. Frankly, I'm tired of it. The Democrats, one of the things the Democrats do exceptionally well that the Republicans never do is they never... What's the old adage that uh, never overlook a crisis? What was Rahm Emanuel? Sergeant Steve, do you remember exactly what Rahm Emanuel said? Something that use a crisis to your advantage or never let a good crisis go to waste. Yep, that's it. Correct? Okay. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Well, the Democrats are masters at that. Never mind the fact that the January 6th riots, it was not an insurrection. I've never seen an insurrection without weapons before. It was a riot. But the question still remains, was the FBI involved? Were other government agencies involved? Why was President Trump's offer earlier that week multiple attempts to call out 10,000 National Guardsmen to protect the Capitol and Washington the week of January 6th when President Trump had his rally, who he told everybody to march peacefully even though the Dems want to manipulate that and fabricate and change it. which the De- Look, the Democrats are great liars. They are probably the best liars on the face of the planet. Well, maybe next to the Chinese. The Chinese Communist Party, President Xi Jinping, or dictator Xi Jinping, those, those bastards are number one by far. They lie their asses off. Number two, very close behind, the Democrats. They lie about everything. Look at Biden. My son's a great guy. This is a Russian front. He didn't do anything. That laptop is a Russian plant. Really? But yet, it's amazing how many dumbasses believe it. Because again, 50% of America is stupid. Now I say that. And I say that factually. And I know some people have told me, that's, that's rude, how, do you, how can you say that? The one thing that I always have, have, have prided myself on is I am always honest. I am candid to a fault. Some people find that very offensive. I don't care. Because I know that our listeners... Our fellow alphas, our cigar connoisseurs appreciate candidness. They appreciate truth-telling. We know we don't see truth with the Libstream media. They are deceptive and dishonest as the day is long. So I have no problem whatsoever being very candid and saying 50% of Americans, and this has nothing to do with how much someone earns, what education level they have, what their race is, what their religion, has nothing to do with it. 50%, maybe a little bit more, of Americans are blind lemmings. They will follow whatever leader tells them to do. They will, these are the type of people 
that will punch in an address into their GPS and staring right in front of them is giant barriers saying, bridge closed. Do not pass here. Bridge is out. There's a giant hole in the bridge. You will die if you go across this bridge. But because the GPS tells them this is the route you should take, what do they do? They follow the GPS. They cross the bridge. But unfortunately, the bridge isn't intact, and they end up down in the drink. I'm telling you, these are the people. These are the blind lemmings that will follow their dem leaders no matter what they say, and the lying libstream media no matter what they say. These are the people where it could be sunny outside, not a cloud in the sky, and, and, and a Democrat leader, Pelosi, could say, look outside right now. See the clouds in the sky? See how hazy the sky is? That's climate change. And even though it's 100% sunny, blue skies, these dumb, blind lemming dipshits will nod their head and say, yeah, I see it. It's hazy. It's terrible. I can see the climate change in front of me because they are stupid. Absolutely stupid. And what we have now are the Democrats that are taking January 6th, which was a a small group. There were, what, a million people that went to Trump's rally, half a million, a million, whatever it was. And you had several thousand. And most of them were, I'd say, the overwhelming majority. In fact, even the ones that went into the Capitol were peaceful. They didn't destroy anything. And yet we still don't have the answers. Why is it that Nancy Pelosi, the hag Nancy Pelosi, hag California, instead of saying Democrat California, old hag California, why is it that she wouldn't allow the minority leader Kevin McCarthy's five selections, five Republicans that he selected on the committee? She rejected them. It's blatant, blatantly against what they had agreed upon. I'll tell you why. Because she didn't want the truth coming out. She wanted to be able to slant it, slander, uh, slant, uh, slant that committee for a year. And so who do they put on? Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney? Please. Two rhinos? Liz Cheney should really look in the mirror. Her father, Dick Cheney, was responsible for us going into Iraq. Remember? Weapons of mass destruction. Bullshit. Blatantly bullshit. How many Americans lost lives and limbs going into Iraq? Became unstable. By the way, Iran now, running Iraq. We had Iraq with the no-fly zone under control. Yet, the neocons led by Dick Cheney, because they're always looking for a war. They have to make sure that their military-industrial complex defense contractor buddies always have their pockets lined with billions and billions of dollars, as Barad Sadlas would say. Billions and billions. Never fails. So that's all we heard. Oh, this is a threat to democracy. The most dangerous thing. What did I just hear? Wait a minute. Kamala, Kuki Kamala, Kami Kamala. Let me pull this up because I purposely took notes. She described January 6th alongside Pearl Harbor and 9-11 as dates that echo throughout history. Are you kidding me? What a load of poppycock. You're going to compare a riot of a couple of hundred people that went into the the, uh, Congress, went into the Capitol with Pearl Harbor when a hostile nation launches an unprovoked attack on the United States? You're going to compare... 
The 9-11 attacks that killed thousands of Americans and forever changed the way we live in this country to a January 6th riot? Again, the Democrats are masters at making chicken salad out of chicken shit. The Republicans ought to wake up. Instead, we have these rhinos. We have, I, I couldn't believe it. I saw Ted Cruz, my wife Heidi and I are going on the Ted Cruz. Why don't you join us? Ted Cruz comes out and starts going on and on about January 6th. What a horrible day in our history. And we, I was here and it was so dangerous and blah, blah. Meanwhile, the only people killed were unarmed Americans. And by the way, those deaths were never properly investigated. Oh, by the way, it was a black that's right. It was a black Capitol Police officer that shot an unarmed white woman, white American citizen, a veteran. Now, if, the, if it were the other way around, if it was a white officer shooting a black unarmed protester, you would have Sharpton, Jackson, Ben Crump. This is an outrage. We need, this is, we need to have massive change. We need to sue. They would go on and on. But yet when a black officer shoots an unarmed female veteran, I got a huge problem with that. And I got a huge problem with hypocrisy. And I'm frankly sick of the racial bullshit all the time. And I know you are too. You know, it's amazing because who, who, who voted Al Sharpton or Jesse Jackson to speak for all the black community? And I'll tell you, the black people that I know all say, you don't speak for me. Forget it. And they're all successful. Oh, by the way, what happens is the reason why they want to keep blacks on the inner city plantation is because if vouchers, and I am 100% in favor of private school vouchers, give vouchers to the parents, and black parents by a 92% overwhelming majority want the ability to send their kids to good schools. What happens if those kids get vouchers and they go to good schools then they go to good high schools. Then they go to good colleges. Then they get great careers. Oh, and then they become Republicans. And they don't listen to the bullshit that Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and Ben Crump are spewing. Remember, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and Ben Crump's business is to whip up racial division. If everybody got along, and by the way, you go in any cigar, con any cigar retailer, cigar lounge, Whites, blacks, Asians, everybody's getting along. Everybody's smoking cigars. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's happy. That's how it is in most of the country. But these guys have to whip up phony division. And when they do that, they're able to look what happened during the Black Lives Matter. Look at all these companies that said, oh, we have to be woke. We're going to give you a $5 million check. Do whatever you want with it. $10 million, $15 million, $20 million. Where did all that money go? Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, their business is race baiting. Their business is causing division. And it's the same with the Democrats. The Democrats always talk, oh, we have to work together. We have to be bipartisan. Take the high road. They are full of nonsense. They're full of baloney. They don't want that. The only people that get suckered into believing that are the dipshit rhinos, the Mitt Romneys, the Lisa Murkowskis. The Mitch McConnells, the Susan Collins, these are the people that say, oh, we need to work together. Meanwhile, at every turn, when they do work together, the Democrats cut their balls off. They're ruthless, 
And the Republican rhinos never learn their lesson. Here's a perfect example. Jimmy Carter, behind uh, uh, Biden, he is the, uh, let's see, you have the three worst presidents in the history of America. Well, let's say in the history of recent times, since let's just say 19, let's say since FDR. Number one is Biden. Number two is Carter tied with Obama. Carter urged Americans to come together amid increased political division in the country before it's too late. He published an op-ed in the New York Times earlier this week. Our great nation now teeters on the brink of a widening abyss. Without immediate action, we are at genuine risk of civil conflict and losing our precious democracy. Americans must set aside differences and work together before it's too late. Let me translate that. We're at genuine risk of civil conflict. I got news for you. A civil war wouldn't be a bad thing. We're already in it. The difference is it's not going to be fought on a battlefield. It's being fought in media, evil tech, by big pharma, by the Democrats. And if the rhinos and America, look, the, the, the MAGA America First, uh, America First MAGAs, they, we've already woken up. It's the rhinos that have not woken up. Woken up. When, when Carter says Americans must set aside differences and work together before it's too late, let me translate that. He means Republicans and Trump supporters must acquiesce to Democrats. That's what he's saying. They always talk, remember Michelle Obama, when they go low, we go high. Bullshit. We heard the former attorney general, Eric Holder, said, you know when Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high? Bullshit. When they go low, we kick them right, kick them low. When will the Republican rhinos wake up? And then Carter says there followed a brief hope that the insurrection would shock the nation into addressing the toxic polarization that threatens our democracy. When did that toxicity begin? Would you like to know? It started with Harry Reid, who just passed away. Bye-bye. Adios. Harry Reid was an absolute enemy of America. He enriched himself. How did a guy that had no money gets to the Senate, becomes the majority leader, and if you wanted to do business with him, you had to do, not with him, you had to do business with all his three, two sons or three sons and his son-in-law. They became unbelievably wealthy, huge landowners. How do you think that came about? But yet we have these rhinos, these people that think that if they acquiesce to the Democrats, if they try to be bipartisan, like the good old days, that the libstream media will, will recognize them and give them high praise and high accolades. Doesn't happen. Doesn't work. They are the suckers over and over again. I don't want to work with, with Democrats. I despise the Democrats. I despise the socialists. I despise the communists. The Democrats have become the enemies of America. They, they are anti-capitalism, except when it comes for themselves. They're anti-freedom. They, they fixed a, they rigged an election. They, they, now I got a kick out of the fact that they're saying, oh, you know, when, when Trump was in office, oh, he's not doing anything against the pandemic, and it's terrible, and it's horrible. People are dying. And yet Biden campaigns on, I'm going to squash the, I'm going to kill the pandemic. And now all the Democrats are saying, well, we're going to have to live with a pandemic. We're going to have to live with this virus. It's going to be here. You know, and now all these people that were admitted to hospitals supposedly with COVID because the CDC 
said if somebody comes in to a checks into a hospital, if it's for a gunshot wound, an appendicitis, heart surgery, whatever the case is, give them a, a Wuhan virus test, and if they test positive, number one, you get a 20% increase in your reimbursement. And if there are any issues, any deaths, it is to be categorized as COVID Wuhan virus, not the fact that somebody took a knife and stabbed some guy directly in the heart or somebody took a gun and uh, shot somebody directly in the head. Nope. They tested positive for the Wuhan virus, cause of death, Wuhan virus. But now all the Democrats are changing their tune, saying, well, maybe we ought to look and differentiate between those people that are in the hospital because of the Wuhan virus or those that just happen to be in the hospital and have the Wuhan virus. The New York uh, State Governor, Kathy Hochul, another disaster, clueless, she came out in her state of the state a few days ago and said, that's exactly what we need to do now. We need to look at that. They're all changing their tune. And yet the Libstream media is doing their bidding for them. Here is an article I happen to see in Politico. We are in a new civil war. About what exactly? Grievous conflicts have been about big things. War, slavery, depression. But this time, we just don't like each other. You know why the Republicans and the America First hate the Democrats? Because they're no longer Democrats that still love America. They're Democrats that hate America. They want to destroy every part of what has made this country the envy of the world. They want to destroy our economic system. They want to destroy our social system. They want to create racial division. They want to destroy police. Look what's going on in New York. The new attorney general, any violent crime such as an armed robbery will no longer be prosecuted as a felony. It's going to be a misdemeanor. What do you think is going to happen in New York? Look what happened in San Francisco. Look what happened in Minneapolis. Look what's happening in all these other American cities where the wokeness crowd said, oh, we, we, we have to defund the police. Disasters. And now they're all waking up saying, hey, you know, all these robberies and these smash and grabs, we need to do something. So when we look at why we're in this civil, why we hate each other, it's because we have now a faction of Americans who have lived under the benefit of the American system, who have thrived under the American way of life, but now want to destroy it. Ilhan Omar, perfect example. Ilhan Omar was eating sand, I think, in a Kenyan or Somali refugee camp for umpteen years. Now, there are other countries besides the United States she could have applied to as, for refugee status. But I find it amazing she wanted to come and her family to the United States. So much so, she phonally married her brother, to be able to get him into the United States, which is a crime in and of itself. So she comes, she and her family come, they have nothing. They have no money, they have nothing. They come to the United States, the goodness of Americans opened their community. They provided them with shelter, they provided them with food, they put them on welfare, public assistance. We educated her, public schools. She got scholarships, went to college. This country allowed her the benefit of living in a first-world country with all the benefits that inure thereupon. And yet, when she's elected to Congress, what does she say? Oh, on, on September 11th, some bad people did something. And then she goes on to say the, the United States, America has always been a colonizing evil empire. 
then why the hell did you even bother immigrating to the United States if we're so evil? What she has done is biting the hand that feeds her. We outstretch our arms and we allow the enemy in our house. And that's exactly what she is. And now the enemy has overtaken the Democrat Party. And all these moderates, there's no such thing anymore. They've all acquiesced to go ultra-left and ultra-woke. Kathy Hochul, the current governor, interim, she really is the interim because she's got an election in November. She was from Buffalo. Moderate Democrat. Blue-collar type Democrat, moderate. Now, all of a sudden, she's the governor and realizes, oh, we got a ton of these ultra-left radicals down in uh, uh, New York City and and, uh, downstate. i got to have to go hard left. That's exactly what she's doing. She's going to lose, by the way. Lee Zeldin, the Republican candidate, is going to win. Take it to the bank. People are pissed in New York State. But they wonder why. Why are Republicans pissed? All you need to do is look at the enemy Democrats of America. And then I see Karl Rove, another clown, another absolute rhino, never Trumper from the get-go. But he likes playing both sides because he likes getting his, uh, his, his, his bread buttered by all the special interests. Wall Street Journal commentary on Wednesday. Republicans' January 6th responsibility. The GOP has a duty to, con- uh, to condemn the ride and those who refuse to acknowledge it. Again, doing the Democrats' bidding. Never once did he mention in his, in his op-ed, we ought to really look at what happened. Now we're finding the FBI was involved or these other secretive government uh, agents that were involved. We want the real story. Not once. Not once did Karl Rove, this, this absolute fraudulent enemy of America, and I say that because, again, he's part of the military-industrial complex in the D.C. swamp, major swamp rat, I don't recall him saying, geez, all these hundreds of of riots and looting, these Black Lives Matter riots that are destroying cities, setting fire to cities. You know, I don't see him writing anything about it in here. Not a thing. Not a thing. And he goes on, he goes, we Republicans have a heavier burden. I've been a Republican my entire life and believe in what the Republican Party at its best has represented for decades. Yeah, you know what that is, Carl? You and your country club white bread establishment Republicans shipping American jobs overseas to save a penny, destroying and hollowing out the middle class in this country. You and your Wall Street buddies, under the term globalization, shipping every business and every company getting everything made in China, overseas, and enriching a hostile enemy. He says, there can be no soft-pedaling what happened and no absolution for those who planned, encouraged, and aided the attempt to overthrow our democracy. Oh, please, let's cut with this crap, overthrow our democracy. You had a couple hundred people that went to the Capitol and they didn't destroy anything. Please. He says, love of our country demands nothing less. That's true patriotism. True patriotism, in my estimation, is standing up for the United States of America, standing up for capitalism, standing up for our way of life, standing up for our freedoms. And I'm going to tell you right now that American patriots, MAGA patriots, America first patriots, we are sick and tired of the swamp rat Republicans that have subverted the American capitalist system, that have subverted American jobs, that have screwed the worker, 
that have screwed Americans that have been playing by the rules, why a very small number of people in the Capitol Beltway and on Wall Street enrich themselves. I'm all for capitalism. I'm all for making as much as you want, but in a fair system. Not a system whereby the Fed is printing unbelievable amounts of free money so that all these Wall Street private equity firms can go out, borrow at rates that you and I would never be able to get in a million years, essentially free, free interest, free loans, and buy all the shit all over the place while Americans are getting screwed. You can't buy a house right now because you're getting outbid? Well, one of the reasons is because of all that free money and the fact there's less housing inventory because many of these Wall Street firms are going out and buying hundreds of thousands of houses across the country. And in fact, as soon as I said that, Canine Baron is pissed. As soon as I said the Wall Street private equity guys, there you go. Now he's pissed. You can hear him. Right, Baron? Exactly. Now he wants to attack him. So when I hear a rhino, a swamp rat, okay, Baron, it's enough. It's okay. It's all right. We're going to defeat the, the, the swamp rats and the enemies of pleasure. Don't worry. But when I, see, Baron gets going. That's it. He's, he's pissed. He's pissed too. He's pissed at all these swamp rat Republicans. He's totally pissed. And he's right. And I'm right. We're all right. The fact of the... I can't stop him now. Hold on a second. Baron, come here. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We're taking on the swamp rats. We're going to beat them. Come here, Baron. It's okay. I'm telling you. He's got the hair on his back raised. His tail is, is fully, you know, in position. He's pissed. It's all right, Baron. It's all right. We're going to beat him, especially the Carl Rove scumbags. But all these guys, these rhinos, the Karl Rove types, these Washington pundits that say that we've been never Trump from the beginning. Why? Because President Trump upset the apple cart. He was on to their con game. And he was fighting for blue-collar workers, for Americans, for the people that made this country great. And now I see the Hill reports. Democrats quietly explore barring Trump from office over January 6th. Why do you think the Democrats keep saying, oh, it's a threat to our democracy? Every time you look around, have you ever noticed that? Oh, it's a threat to our democracy. Our democracy is in peril. It's, it's, it, our democracy, it could be the end of our democracy. I mean, this could be it. They keep the hyperbole is overwhelming. What they really want to do is destroy our democracy. They love to point the finger. It's not Republicans. We're all for democracy and free and fair elections. It's the Democrats that are pointing the finger, blaming the Republicans, but doing exactly what they are accusing the Republicans are doing. The Democrats want to change the method that we vote. They don't want voter ID. Why? Because they want fraudulent elections. They know they can't win elections on their own because they know that the overwhelming majority of Americans don't buy the socialist shit. Yet, the only way they know they can win elections, bring in as many uneducated refugees to get them beholden to the Democrat and the government party, or Democrat party and to the government welfare system. And also change the voting system so that we can have anybody that wants to vote, never purge the election rolls. We can decide the rules. Remember, it's not who votes, it's who counts the votes. And unfortunately, we found that out in the 2020 election. But the Democrats are worried. They're doing everything. Oh, we're going to launch investigations on the state level. We're going to launch investigations on the federal level. Have you ever seen a party where the president has been out of office now for a year, where they are doing everything they can to prevent him from running 
should he decide to run in 2024? Have you ever seen anything like that? They're nervous. They're worried. And the only way they can continue to win elections is to try to hoodwink the American people by claiming that our democracy is at stake, by claiming that we're on the verge of a civil war, that, that our vote is going to be taken away. They create panic. They create fear. The good news is the overwhelming majority of Americans aren't buying their garbage. They know differently. So I'm sick. I'm, I'm so fed up of all this week hearing January 6th, a mark, a stain on our nation. This is like the Civil War and insurrection, and we were so close to, to losing our democracy. Please spare me the Hollywood hyperbole. All absolute nonsense. All right, when we come back, I'm going to tell you about wokeness that is now affecting American history. Final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. Gurkha is known for creating the world's finest cigars. And to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Gurkha brand being launched in the United States, the blenders at Gurkha created the Gurkha Trenta. Celebrating and commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence, the Gurkha Trenta, everything you would expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. A nice medium, medium full-bodied cigar featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. A Nicaraguan Corojo 99 binder and the filler. Nicaraguan Corojo 99, Nicaraguan Criollo 98, created by the great blenders and growers at Aganorsa Farms in Nicaragua. And what you get is a signature cigar that has unique flavors, perfect spice, perfect amount of complexity on the palate, a cigar worthy of Gurkha's 30 years being available in the United States. Try the Gurkha Trenta today. You will enjoy the experience and the overall characteristic that goes into blending this magnificent cigar, a beautiful Nicaraguan puro, Worthy of being called Gurkha Trenta. Be sure to subscribe to our brother podcast, Bold Alpha, where we talk the alpha male lifestyle, including cigars, libations, technology, grilling, politics, and more. Search Bold Alpha anywhere you listen to podcasts and hit subscribe. Avo Cigars has just launched the newest addition to the Avo Synchro series entitled the Avo Synchro Caribe. Fourth line in the Avo Synchro series, it is centered around the concept of tobacco synchronization. They incorporate the diversity, complexity, and compatibility of cigar tobaccos from the Caribbean and Central America to create a natural harmony, a Caribbean soul, a very dynamic cigar. It uses natural distribution. What does that mean? The proportions of the cigar tobaccos on any given plant perfectly matched in the blending process. So what you get is a Dominican wrapper. You get filler tobaccos from Nicaragua, a binder from Ecuador that are matched absolutely perfectly. The taste, a lively, dynamic, harmonious flavor profile of Caribbean flavors, aromatic spices, some complex cocoa, 
a beautiful medium-bodied cigar with subtle sweetness resembling tropical fruits. The flavors, rhythm, and lifestyle of the tropics are encapsulated in the new Avo Synchro Caribe, available now at your cigar retailer or DavidoffGeneva.com. Salem, Oregon, bastion of wokeness and, of course, ultra-liberal bullshit. The Democrat mayor of Salem, Oregon, Chuck Bennett, has ordered the removal of a private business owner's mural depicting the iconic patriotic flag raising at uh, Iwo Jima during World War II. The mural is painted on the side of Valley Roofing in Salem, Oregon, which is privately owned by a local businessman named John Taylor. Now, let me give you a little history lesson for those of you that may not be familiar with the Battle of Iwo Jima. During World War II, when Japan struck Pearl Harbor and the Americans launched their offensive, they needed a way in which to get their planes into Japan, to Tokyo, for bombardment. The island of Iwo Jima is located 750 miles south of Tokyo. The United States Army wanted to capture the airfields on the island to use for the P-51 fighters. So from, uh, uh, correction, February 19, 1945 until March 26, 1945, the Battle of Iwo Jima took place. Absolute, ruthless, ferocious fighting of during the war. In fact, it was the first time that the United States had attacked any of the Japanese home islands. And there was the first objective when the Americans landed on Iwo Jima was to capture Mount Suribachi. It is the highest peak, highest land level uh, uh, mountain, if you will, on Iwo Jima, 554 feet high. That was fierce fighting. And there was a very famous photo that was taken on the fourth day of the battle in which Mount Suribachi was overtaken by the American Marines. There's a famous picture of the six Marines that are raising the American flag on Mount Suribachi on Iwo Jima. It's iconic. You see it everywhere. I mean, every history book, well, I should clarify that, uh, maybe woke history books don't have that anymore because we know that if you're woke, it's racist to talk about World War II. We can't do that. We can't, we can't slander the Germans or the Japanese. Can't do that. That would be outrageous. But a very famous photo. So the owner of Valley Roofing, John Taylor, commissioned a local artist to create that picture, that mural. Picture looks great. Very nice, right on the side of his building. Many of the veterans in Salem, Oregon, are, were thrilled that that piece was designed to honor them and other Americans who have served or are serving. And local veterans said of the business owner that he does a lot for the community, both personally, through his business. He's a credit to our fine city, a shining example of the sort of person we should all want as a neighbor and community leader. Well, the city of Salem received one single anonymous complaint about the mural. And the mayor, Chuck Bennett, and one of the city councilmen, Trevor Phillips, or correction, the mayor alone, the mayor alone 
decided that because of that one anonymous complaint that the mural should be taken down, should be removed. Now, the last time I looked, first of all, you have a First Amendment right to freedom of free speech. That's a form of free speech. There's nothing that is derogatory about that mural. There's nothing that is obscene about that mural. It is celebrating an important part of American history and our veterans. Well, the mayor has ordered and the city ordered that the artwork be removed and that if it is not removed, it will be fined, I think, $200 daily. The alternative, they said, to removal of the mural and the fines associated was the city removing the piece and giving it free of charge to a local art group. Well, it's painted on the side of a brick wall of a building. So how on earth are you going to remove it? You can't. This is a perfect example of the extreme, woke, socialist, enemy of America overreach from the Oregon ultra-lib Dems. I mean, this is a part of American history. So you tell me, how on earth should this be taken down in any way, shape, or form? This is important. Every American, every child should know what that represents. A petition to save the mural has already uh, garnered 7,000 signatures. Now, the mayor is a career politician, but the end of 2021, he announced that he would not be seeking a a re-election in 2022. Now, the city council and the mayor can easily say it's one complaint, that's it. Now, think about this. One anonymous complaint, and you have to go to a business owner and say, that's it, take it down. I'm sorry. Forget anonymous. I'd like to know who that asshole was. I'd like to know who that son of a bitch was. If you don't have the guts to stand up and make your complaint public who you are, then there's no reason for this to be taken down. And if you do identify yourself, then you ought to explain why you feel it necessary to deride American history, why you want to destroy an important monumental historic event in our nation's history. Of course, typical chicken shit. You won't see that person come out, that anonymous person. All these Dems, they're all big talkers, but they love to hide behind anonymity. It is ridiculous. Okay, lastly, as you know, we are carnivores. Most of us are carnivores. I'm a carnivore. If I'm going to eat meat, I want real meat. I want real chicken. I want real fish. I don't want any of this manufactured bullshit. I don't want any manufactured meat. I don't want faux meat. I don't want faux chicken. I don't want faux fish. And if you look at the ingredients of all these fake plant-based imitation meat products or chicken products, they are loaded with sodium, loaded with chemicals. Why? Because in order to get the taste of soy and texture of soy to taste like real meat or chicken, you have to pump it up with so many chemicals and garbage and ingredients, or else all you get is chewy, disgusting tofu or or soy. Well, KFC has just announced, along with Beyond Meat, that uh, beginning this coming Monday, so on Monday, that KFC restaurants across the United States will offer Beyond Fried Chicken for a limited time while supplies last. The plant-based Beyond Fried Chicken was developed by Beyond Meat exclusively for KFC. 
It is packed with delicious flavor and juicy satisfaction you'd expect from KFC's iconic fried chicken, but in a plant-based option that's still finger-licking good, according to KFC. I'm not so sure. It is the first national brand in the country, quick service brand, uh, when they first did a plant-based test of their chicken back in August of 2019, part of a limited test run in Atlanta. It was a huge success, according to KFC. So in 2020, they expanded the test to select restaurants in Nashville and Charlotte and in Southern California as well. And now it's going to roll out across the country. Serve with a choice of your favorite dipping sauces so that basically you can hide the taste of all the chemicals and all the other garbage. So you can uh, order it a la carte in six or 12-piece orders. Prices start at $6.99. Now, all I know is, would, what would Colonel Sanders say? Do you think he'd want his secret blend of herbs and spices on some soy-based phony chicken nugget? I don't think so. Real chicken. And if you don't like chicken, don't go to KFC. It's real simple. If you don't like fish, don't go to a seafood restaurant. You don't like meat, don't go to Outback Steakhouse or Longhorn. Very simple. I want the real stuff, not the chemical and sodium-laden garbage. Amazing. Next time you go to the supermarket, look at all the garbage that's on there, and I guarantee you will say, man, I can't believe all the sodium, the content, and all the other garbage. It's worse for you than eating the real thing that was put on this earth for humans to consume. Give me a big piece of meat, give me a nice chicken breast, and I am good to go. And hopefully you will be as well. Cigar Dave, the general, saying don't forget, make sure you subscribe to the Cigar Dave Show podcast and our brother Bold Alpha podcast. Give us five-star reviews because there are enemies of pleasure lurking that would like to give us one-star reviews and take us down. Make sure you give us five-star reviews. And also, be sure to follow us, social media. Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show. We are now on Getter, G-E-T-T-R. If you don't have a Getter account, it is a Twitter-type platform, but without free speech restrictions. Getter, G-E-T-T-R. Download the app or go online. At Cigar Dave is our Getter handle. Be sure to follow us on Getter as well. And don't forget, Facebook is at, or what is it, Cigar Dave, Sergeant Steve? At Cigar Dave, right? Correct. On Facebook. And if you want to send me an email, cigardave at cigardave.com. Cigardave at cigardave.com. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Huber always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the enemy of America, Democrats. And tomorrow, when the Bills take on the Jets in Orchard Park, we are looking for a huge win. And for the second year in a row to capture the AFC East on our quest for a Super Bowl championship. Go Bills! Hashtag Bills Mafia.